Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. The Bible says in Psalms that God sent his word and healed them. And today, I believe, as the word of God is going forth, that healing's going to come. But also, I believe there's going to be an opportunity, too, for you to respond to his word today and say, God, I receive your word, and I receive your healing. That's what your opportunity is going to be to receive healing today. But the Bible says in 3 John 1 and 2, says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Now think, he said, I pray that you prosper in everything, in all things. That you would be in health just as your soul prospers. So God wants your spirit, of course, to be prospering and growing. God wants your body to be in good health. But God wants us, as we progress in health in those ways, that our soul will progress and prosper as well. God wants your mind, your will, and your emotions to be healed. He wants every part of your body to be healed. Why does God want our soul to be healthy? Because as your soul goes, so goes your entire life. That's how vital this is. In other words, your mind, your will, and emotion, we're going to break down what they do today. And I teach a lot on the body, the soul, and the spirit. I do a lot of teaching on that. And you hear me say this often. We are a spirit, we live in a body, and we possess a soul. Now, I'm going to say it this way. We are a spirit first. Then we're a soul, and then we're a body. But we are a spirit first. When you are saved and you receive Christ in your life, you are a spirit first. In other words, your spirit is to be in charge of your soul and not your soul, your mind, will, and emotions in, in charge of your spirit. The mind, will, and emotions also is what we would call the working of the flesh. That a lot of times we give in to the mind, the will, and the emotions, which is the working of the flesh. When we need to be submitting ourselves to the Spirit, the Spirit must have charge in our life, in all things. In fact, in order for us to even come to the place of proper alignment with God, it's Spirit first, then our soul submitting to that, and then our body comes in line automatically. It's just the way that it will work. But our Spirit comes alive when we receive Christ. Our soul is our mind, will, emotions. Our body is what we live in while we're on the earth. So we have these three parts about us. A lot of people don't understand when it comes to the, the, the Spirit, the soul, and the body. And when people begin to get a revelation on this in their faith, then they begin to live a whole lot more victoriously. Now, the Bible even says in Genesis 2 and 7, that I, now I'm paraphrasing, that man not only has a living soul, but he is a living soul. Not only do we have a soul, but we are a living soul. So we must not confuse soul and spirit. The spirit man is what the Holy Spirit operates and brings about change or what we would call the experience of salvation and a big word that people will put place upon it. That if I say this today, a lot of people wouldn't even know what it means is regeneration, which is the experience of our salvation and our growth and our maturity in God and the transformation that God continually brings in us that we are being regenerated, right? But the soul is the spear where Satan operates to make his appearance 
appeal. He makes the appeal to our soul, which is our flesh, of our affections and of our of emotions. That God, that God is wanting us to get everything under subjection to the Spirit. But what the enemy does is that he tries his best to get your emotions to lead your life. You know, some emotional people can look very spiritual because they can cry. And just because you cry don't mean you're spiritual. I've been around people before that every time they say something, they cry. I'm like, man, they don't have been spiritual. I mean, a lot of it's just fleshly. They just begin to wipe tears and all that. Man, they're really spiritual. You know, maybe they're broken. Maybe they need to be healed. Maybe they need to get in line with the Spirit. And I'm not saying that spiritual people don't cry and don't shed tears, but I've seen people that's really fleshly that people will get confused and they manipulate crowds and people. And all they do, they shed tears. They do all that and they get everybody under what I would call their spell, all right? And, and people follow them. But we got to get this thing uh, in our lives with the Spirit in the right direction. I'll tell you how you know if a pastor, a preacher, a prophet, or apostle, someone comes to town, and, and, and I'll tell you how you know if they're led by God, is that when they get done teaching that you want to be closer to God, and you don't want to just hear from that man or that woman. Because there's a gift in them of the Holy Spirit that's speaking that when they speak over you and it has the impact of your life, you'll be drawn closer to God. But if it's their flesh, then you'll be drawn closer to their flesh. So that, that is a big difference. So right there's the first teaching lesson. If you say, oh man, I gotta hear that man of God again, I gotta get him, lay hands on me again, pray over me, then you need to get away from that man or woman if you're that drawn to them. That you really need to be at a place where it's the Spirit of God leading you. See, Satan knows how to dominate our mind, our will, and emotions. Soul wounds come when our soul has fell victim to life experiences of pain, suffering, or downfalls. A lot of times this happens before we get saved. But even after we get saved, soul wounds come. Because life happened, experiences happen. There is scars left. Sometimes there's still yet a festering, a, a, an infection, as you will, because we've never allowed the Holy Spirit to heal it. We've been hurt through so many things in life. We have been, it feels like that we've been done wrong. But soul wounds come when we have, our soul has fell victim to the life experiences of pain, suffering, or downfalls. But Satan will manipulate the soul to the extent of bringing wounds. Once you have a wound and you've not allowed God to heal it, you better believe every time Satan gets the chance to press on that wound, he is. He's going to make sure he's going to put you in as many pressure cookers as possible that when you get near your healing or you begin to open up the healing that you begin to crack again and you begin to react in a way and you don't know why you're reacting, why you're speaking to your spouse that way, why you're acting like you're on the job, why all of a sudden you yell at everybody and you go home you're like, what is wrong with me? It's because we've not dealt with soul wounds in our life. See, Satan will manipulate this soul. And, and the only healing we can experience of these soul wounds are through the power of Christ. But we try to band-aid it so many times. We try to band-aid it, as I said, through prosperity or through wealth. or We try to band-aid it through just getting our mind off of things. We try to band-aid it by filling our life with the things of the flesh. But the only true healing that can really bring the healing that we need is when we allow ourselves to be healed to the power of Christ. 
Now, once you have a soul wound, Satan continues to fight there to keep you from living a victorious life. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 11, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, in other words, that this is not where we're always going to live, this earth. He said, you're just here temporary. Remember, you're just passing through. You're just on a journey through this land. So remember, as you're journeying through the earth, where one day you are going to be going to heaven, he said, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. When we are band-aiding ourselves with the things of the flesh, what we are doing is we're allowing these things of the world to wage war or to continue to keep wounded our very wound of the soul. See, Peter says that we're just passing through, that we should stay away from the things that our flesh, our soul desires, because all it's going to continue to do is wage war. Our soul is the seat of our passions, feelings, and desires. Our soul is the seat of right and wrong, of love and hate, even the appetites of the body. Our soul is the natural ability. It gives us the natural ability or feeling to feed the flesh and to give in. I mean, when we're tired and we're out like, yeah, whatever, go ahead and do whatever you want. That's what happened to Esau. He was so tired and wore out. And that's how he lost the birthright. Is that here's his younger brothers. Like, I'll give you a bowl of beans, some lentils here. He says, sure, whatever I need. And he just gives it all up in a moment because he was allowing the world to wage war against his soul. So he's willing to give in. And when we allow this world and everything that has the offer to continue to band-aid us, that when we're wore out in our flesh, we begin to give in even more to the flesh, which wages war against our soul. So we're just like, whatever. But God is saying, listen, you got to wake up. This is things not going to get healed by you doing that. You need to allow my word to come in your life. You need to allow my spirit to operate in your life. You need to allow my spirit to lead you. See, it's our soul's natural ability to feed the flesh. And once we are saved, then our soul should be directed towards God and through salvation. See, our soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. The condition of your soul will determine your actions. The condition of your soul determines your actions. Or may I say this, the way you react to life. That's so true. Spiritual growth is determined by how much your soul has been changed by the Word of God. See, when your spirit is in charge, your soul continually gets healed and is transformed and becomes better over time. You can tell by the reaction time of people or how they respond in moments whether or not they allow their soul to be healed or whether the Spirit is actually in charge of their life. Let's just break this down today as we begin to look at the wounded soul before we actually get there. The mind. The Bible says in Romans 12 and 2, as we're dealing with the mind, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after the adapted to its external superficial customs. He says superficial, but be transformed or to be changed. 
by the entire renewal of your mind. So your soul, your mind needs to be renewed by its new ideas, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable will of God, even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So the mind we know is powerful. We've talked about imagining. I've done series on the mind and how the mind has so much power to it. And we know the Bible talks about this a lot. But the mind is the cognitive faculties that enables us in our consciousness, our perception, our thinking, our judgment, and our memory. I mean, it, it has, it's so powerful. So it recalls things. It begins to judge a, man, a matter. It, it, it begins to think about something. It perceives. It's our, your consciousness. All our experiences are stored in the mind. That's the good and the bad and the ugly, right? If our mind is not renewed, like Romans 12 says, then we respond to things not spiritually, but we respond to things soulishly. I know that's really not a word, but we're going to use it today. Because I put it in there and Microsoft Word didn't like it, but I'm going to rebuke Microsoft Word and I typed it anyhow. So we have soulishly desires, and when we respond to this world soulishly, then what we do is that we come to this thing that we call human reasoning, that we can make it sound spiritual as well. But do you know what human reasoning does? It doesn't validate the Word of God. What human reasoning does is that it's a direct enemy to the Word of God. Because we begin to look at our mind and what it's thinking more than the mind of Christ. See, if our mind's not renewed like Romans 12, then we respond soulishly. So this is why we allow the Word of God to renew our mind. We live from the inside out. But what, that's the way we should live as Christians is from the inside, the Spirit, out. But what we try to do is we live from the outside in. Our natural desire is to take in all that we can in the world, try to make as much as we can happen, to pressure ourselves and pressure our family. We spend more than we make. We do things we should never be doing. That we go beyond the capacity of what our lives is intended to be. And we fill it up from the outside in. And then we say, God, work on me and deliver me. When it should be, Father, let your word do a work in me. God, I meditate on your word. I dwell on your word. I quote your word, God. I think about it night and day. I think about it in the midday. And then you begin to live from the inside out. And the things of this world that wages war against you will no longer be waging. It will not be festering up the soul wound. See, all the hurts you have, you're covering up by the outside going in. You're like, I'm covering it up. But God is saying, if you want healing in your life, then you need to allow my spirit to do a work that you have healing starting from the inside, and then you begin to let it work out. But you're like, it's just not what I desire. It's not what I see. It's not what I think. It's not about what you desire because that is soulish. But it's about what God is saying in his word. When the soul is in submission to the spirit, then we live out the will of the Father. By the grace of God, our soul will cleave only to the invisible internal things of God. I, I can't help but think today that God is a supernatural God. Yes, he cannot be seen with the natural eye, but I catch him 
all the time in my spirit what he's saying, what he's speaking, how he's moving because he is a supernatural God. He's spiritual. He is spirit. So in order for me to connect with God, then I must start on the inside and allow my spirit to connect with him and start with him first. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you have need of will be given to you. Why? He said, don't even worry about tomorrow. Why? Because you're connected to spirit first. But I'm telling you, you're worried about tomorrow, yesterday, today, and even a week from now when all you do is allow the world to impact your life. Hallelujah. See, we, we look at it this way. The Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we are to get the mind of Christ. But to get the mind of the Christ, we still yet must start from the inside out. we got to start with the Spirit first. What's God thinking? What's God saying? How does God feel about it? How is God moving there? What does faith have to say? See, the mind is what we call a mindset. We talk about mindsets all the time, but our spirit should determine our mindset. A mindset is like a projector that has particular thoughts and images that it dwells upon. The mindset of humanity is set up to project lies instead of truth. And false images instead of true images. The mindset of humanity naturally projects lies over truth. And false images instead of true images. See, only the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can change a mindset. To The Bible says to set our mind on things above in Titus 3 and 5. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 5 to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, if you have no mind to change, you will have no life change. Therefore, you will never have victorious living. We have so many defeated Christians walking around. I'm telling you what, you find a Christian living victorious living, you'll find lost folks saying, I want that. You'll find people of this world that's not serving God say, that's the life I want. They are living freedom. They are living healing. They are living, living in favor. They are living victorious. Why is everything just, even when things are bad, it seems like it's good. It's because the Spirit is leading in their life and they got their mind on things above. If you have no mind to change, then you'll have no life change. But when we keep our mind upon Scripture, a few things begin to happen. Now, this is what we do. This is the way we take in Scripture. Is that when we get a Scripture... And we're reading, or a pastor gives, or we hear a teaching, or a podcast. But also a scripture pops out, or a passage. We begin to meditate on it. We begin to think about it. And in that moment that we begin to think about it, the reprocessing of the renewing of the mind begins. That's why we need to renew our mind daily. It's not just on Sunday that we renew our mind. I don't say it harshly, but I'm telling you that if you don't go tomorrow and renew your mind. I've told you before, my biggest flesh day is Monday. You want to see raw pastor, come see me Monday. I'm raw. It's still filtered. But for me, it's unfiltered, right? It's like Monday. Monday's horrible, right? I mean, just nothing goes right on Monday. 
But it's just for me, right? Some people, it's their Saturday, it's their Tuesday, whatever, it's Wednesday. For me, it's my Monday. So Monday is the day that I need to put as many podcasts in me as possible. I already know me. I know if I don't wake up hearing the word of God that I'm in trouble. Because it's the day my flesh is so wore out. It's the day that I am mentally drained. So when I bring in the word, it begins to renew my mind. The second thing that happens once you begin to meditate on God's word is that a revelation takes place in your heart that you begin to see true. In other words, the truth of God begins to dispel the false images of his world. The truth of God begins to dispel the lies of the enemy. So this year we begin with truth, right? We talked about revelation knowledge just flowing through the church that people would be overcomers by it with our 2020 vision. And the next thing you know, illumination comes and you understand everything God's speaking, a light comes on. It's like light's been shed upon all the darkness. Light's been shed upon the lies and the false images and, 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 and also the call of God and the direction of your life. Illumination takes place. But then all of a sudden as you're doing that, there's this thing called transformation. That's what Romans 12 talks about. Is transformation. The word transformation in Romans 12 is where we get the word metamorphosis, which also change for our lives. See, three places in scriptures talks about this metamorphosis. Romans 12 is one. The other one is the transfiguration of Christ when he's talking to Elijah and Moses on the mountain that there was a change, a metamorphosis there. But also change comes in when it says this in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. This word transformation, metamorphosis, says we, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So there is a change that happens in our life that we become more like Christ and we go from glory to glory today. I'm becoming like Christ, but the more I allow my mind to be transformed, the closer I continue to behold him and become like him. And I will not be as he is until one day I'm in heaven, but while I'm on earth, I'm going to get as close to the heavenly mirror picture that I can. I'm going to allow his word to change me. I'm going to allow his word to direct me. I'm going to allow his spirit to lead me. I'm not going to allow my flesh, my mind, my will, and emotions to to, to preach to me or direct my life, but it's going to be the spirit of God. Then the next component is the will. The will is powerful. This is our response to everyone. It's our response to the word of God with the will. It's our response to life. It's our response to the pressure cooker. It's our response to our spouse and family. It's all of those things. And a lot of times God's word, God's word doesn't get a response from everyone because only those who are hungry, pliable, and willing to please God will there be a proper response to God. So I was thinking over the last few weeks, I'm like, you know, I can be prayed up, fasted up, the on-time word of God. Come in and preach it, and it doesn't go over as well. Don't get me wrong, it goes, it goes okay. But man, that should have been more dynamic, knowing that in my spirit. But then i got to realize that not everybody is ready to receive that word. Not everybody's hungry and pliable and willing. So times you go in, and I, I, I even tell them on the worship team, there's days they're so prepared. But men, the, 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 in the auditorium, nobody wants to worship. Nobody wants to get with it. And I'm like, God, that's not on you. They come in that day filled with everything else but the things of God. 
That's not me browbeating. That's just telling you the truth. There's times that the people are not ready to respond to the thing. So that's when I just take the pressure off me and them and say, listen, all we can do is be where God's called us to be, give the word God's called us to do, bring the worship God's called us to do, and, and, and do it in the beauty of holiness and the purity. And wherever it lays with the people, it lays. But there comes a time that I believe God challenges you to become pliable, to become hungry, to begin to respond properly to the things of God. See, the will of man does not have the capacity to operate or, or, or to operate in or choose righteousness until a spiritual change has been taken place. Our will is the part of the soul that acts upon the fleshly desires or righteous acts of Christ. There must be a spiritual change. And once that spiritual change of salvation has taken place, then there comes a little bit of work allowing the word to transform, letting the spirit to be in charge of the soul. The next thing is the emotions. That means y'all really need to listen up. God's speaking to you all. This is prophetic. Emotion is the voice of your soul in that it expresses the soul or the feeling. That's what the emotion does. Emotion connects the soul and the body, but it's not spiritual. Why is it that so many people because I'm telling you, when Hallmark cries, you cry. Right? When, you know, there's times something like begins to like, while we're watching those things, something weird begins to take place, but then I just dismiss it. I'm like, I'm not crying at Hallmark. You watch This Is Us, every, every episode is emotional. There's a guy that's been dead a long time, it speaks in every, and he's in every episode. It has to be emotional, it's gotta connect you, right? But the emotion connects the soul and the body, but it's not spiritual, even though the spiritual can arouse the emotion. You have to understand, the spiritual can arouse the emotion, but God and Satan, angels and demons, all can elicit the emotion of humanity. However, emotion remains lower than the spiritual. A Christian can be filled with the spirit to where emotions do not control everything, but the soul is subjected to the spirit. But when the soul has experience beyond the capacity of what it can handle emotions, you know what begins to happen? Is that you begin to spew out. When your emotions are leading your life, and you went beyond the capacity of what you can handle in a moment, your reaction spews in a way that it hurts others. See, emotions has no allegiance. Emotions has no thought content. It really doesn't. Emotions amplify the good, the bad, and the ugly. You put emotion behind it all. Emotion energizes lust, sin, and greed of the old nature. It's what emotions do. Emotions is the voice of the mind and the will. It begins to speak. To, to get the emotions balanced is to tie your emotions to faith and not thoughts. A lot of people tie their emotions to thoughts, but God, he desires us to tie our emotions to faith. Thoughts are not always faith. Faith is deeper than thoughts. When faith is rightly placed, then emotions are subjected to faith. Now, let's look at this in the Word of God. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the Word of God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, operating, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, 
and the immortal spirit. So it divides the difference between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of the heart. If we want to see the difference between faith and just thoughts, we need to let the word of God come in because it begins to separate the emotion that's behind the thought and maybe the emotion is behind faith. But thoughts do not equal faith. Faith thoughts equal faith. See, God's word distinguishes between the soulish thoughts and the spiritual thoughts. See, the soul is the seat of your will and purpose. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You never do anything that you've not thought about. Well, I don't know what happened. It just happened. No, you thought about it. No, you don't understand. This big ordeal I done, it's just like the Lord took me up in this cloud and next thing you know, I woke up and there I was. That's what I would say too. I'd blame it on some type of experience like that. But before you ever acted it out, before you lived it out, you thought about it. Listen, when you get ready to explode and you tell everybody off and you cuss your neighbor or whatever it may be, you thought about it. You rehearsed it. Sometimes you walk away and say, they deserved every word, and I'm not convicted. Right? <laughs> oh, Lord, some of you are like, pastors lost it today. That means you're just giving them the offering more when I lose it like that. But whatever is influencing your thoughts is what plays out in time. This is why we think faith. Word and love. We live out what we think. Philippians 2 and 13 says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in your energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good, the pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God's energizing in you when you allow his word to work in your life and the spirit of God to lead your life, then you're allowing him to energize things in you to do his good pleasure. See, God works from the inside out and not from the outside in. We outwardly express the image of God we outwardly express what we inwardly possess. What outwardly com comes out of us is on display of what we inwardly have. Are we wounded? Is our spirit leading? What's prosperity? Prosperity is advancement, increase, and enlargement. A lot of people are like, it's money. Lots of money, wealth. It's, it's wealth in every area of your life is prosperity. It's an advancement, it's increase, and it's enlargement in your life. Prosperity is to have more than enough to do God's will. That's prosperity. Prosperity is having nothing missing or nothing broken. Prosperity is being healed of your soul wounds. Prosperity is the fullness of the work of Christ been manifest. Prosperity is everything in the earth that is in heaven. You know, we declare your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. When you walk in that, not just think it, and that's not decree, but you're walking in it, that's prosperity. What causes us to miss out God's prosperity? What causes us not to fully embrace the fullness of God? The answer is soul wounds. Satan loves soul wounds. Soul wounds is the damage that was inflicted to our soul as a result of pain or negative experiences and molestation against our soul. Remember, we are spirit first. Secondly, we are soul, which is the seat of our logic. 
And third, we live in a body. Now, when we are saved, there's nothing wrong with our spirit, for we are saved. But there's times that our soul is so wounded that it's still leading in areas of our life. Now, Philippians 2 and 12 says this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that word salvation actually means deliverance from molestation or an assault against your soul. Before your salvation, and even during your salvation, there are going to be times that your mind and your will and the emotions has been molested or assaulted. Our salvation is a continual work of Christ in our life of regeneration and life experience of God of transformation. Our salvation, that's the reason why I said work out your own salvation. He didn't say make up your own rules, your own theology. But what he's saying is this. Everybody's on a different level. You do it with fear and trembling. You come to God because there's times that your soul, that your mind, your will, and your emotions has, has been assaulted, that has been molested, that has been hurt by people, words over your life. That you need deliverance is what he's saying. With fear and trembling, he said, work out your deliverance from the molestation of your soul. That's what that word means. Wounded Christians still hurt people. Wounded Christians still have outbursts. Wounded Christians rarely see advancement, prosperity, and enlargement. They are people that's on the same level day after day, year after year. How far you go in life is dependent on your submission level of your soul to the Spirit of God and to your spirit. God just desires you to be transformed. He desires for you to be delivered from these soul wounds. You may be asking, how do I know that my soul is wounded today? Well, first one is your reactions. See, a healed soul will respond godly even in tough environments. That's when you learn to bite your tongue. That's when you learned you boiled all day and still didn't say nothing. You finally just got over your life. That's when your spirit's leading. Sometimes it's your spouse saying, you know you don't need to do that. Right? God will use your spouse. There's been times Chris said, now you know you can't say that. I said, but it feels good to say that I'm going to say it. <laughs> right? But you get better over time. The other one is this, is our decisions. If you're a wounded, then your decisions are impaired. You have a hard time making the right decisions for your life. Your decisions are always bad financially. Your decisions are always bad in the room of business. Your decisions impact your marriage bad in a catastrophic ways. Your decisions continue to be catastrophic and bring failure and demise to your life. That's how you know you're soul wounded. Is that even your decisions... Our failure. God desires for you to be in good health. And that your soul be in good health. You'll have, but I'm saved, but we're not talking about just your salvation today. We're talking about being healed. Because God's plan is, is for you to get to a place of prosperity, of enlargement, of advancement, making good decisions. Reacting properly on the job and at home. Healing of your soul is important. Why? It's because your mind is the soil where thoughts become the seeds. And as your thoughts become seeds, your future is created. 
When you have a healthy mind, spirit-led, then creativity and imagination of the Holy Spirit begins to go forward. Any thought I have left unchallenged in your mind becomes a fact. We need the Word of God to challenge our mindset of the world. If we don't allow the Word of God to challenge avenues and areas of our mind, then we could believe a lie of a false image of the world or the lie of the enemy, and when we let it sit there, it becomes a fact. Some people think church has to be a certain way, and that's all they think. Never allow the Word of God, the challenge, and we just preached two messages on that the last two weeks. Wounded by their own pharisaical views. It's become fact. It's the gospel to them. Some people need to be healed and delivered from that. You was molested by bad teaching and preaching. I'm going all day. I know I got a few more weeks to do this. Feels good letting it out right now. If you never change your thoughts, you'll never change your destiny. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us, please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com.